Megan Hicks of iRunFar. I'm with Avery Collins. It's a couple days before the 2023 Hard Rock 100 Endurance Run. Good morning, Avery. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing good, and I'm getting super excited that the race is around the corner because I'm doing a lot of nothing. <laughs> There's been a lot of waiting for this week to happen. How does it feel to finally have a race that you've been endeavoring for for quite some time on the actual doorstep? It's really exciting. Um, so uh, Megan's referring to 10 years of hard work. Obviously, two years were cancellation years that were added in there that did not help my cause. Um, but I feel like this is kind of the culmination of 10 years of hard work and progress. And I feel undoubtedly that I'm in the best shape I've ever been. Mm -hmm. And also the most prepared and comfortable I could possibly be with terrain like this, um, given that, you know, the last few years I've just done a lot of, uh, races that are similar to hard rock, maybe not quite as high in altitude, but, um, been living here since summer of 2018 now. And Amazing. I feel like the altitude thing is not so much an issue anymore. And hopefully the uh, culmination of many miles doesn't affect <laughs> me in terms of altitude towards the end of the race, yeah. but, uh, I have a good feeling I should be able to handle it. All right. So you are one of those sort of early adopters of like the hard rock into like your personal goals. Like you learned about the hard rock early on in your ultra running career. You started doing qualifier races. You started putting in the lottery. So it's been a, a real journey to get to get here. Can you talk a little bit about that? Of course, um, hard rock and Tour de Jean were outside of Western States realistically the two first races that I had heard about mm. and watched many of YouTube videos on and was very much inspired by um and it's you know it's not necessarily that everything kind of revolved around the one goal of hard rock but more of everything revolved around becoming a better mountain athlete which in turn is is very much uh beneficial for a race yeah. like hard rock and um you know, as it turns out, most of the races that you use as qualifiers for Hard Rock are, like, really awesome events, um, with Tour de Jean being one of my all-time favorites uh, for a qualifier leading up to this. Yeah. And I, I feel like when you do something like that, it puts everything into perspective and helps you realize how obtainable all your other goals are. Mm. And um, I think that kind of reflects how I feel about the Hard Rock course and the race itself. Um, I came out here in 2014 and, and watched the event and was not only inspired, but very much intimidated by what I saw. And You're not alone there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think a lot of people can relate to that. I was very much intimidated um, ten, 10 years ago now. And um, today, uh, that, that there, I'm not intimidated by the mountains, nor am I scared of, of, of the race or the competitors. What scares me the most is... I really do know what I'm capable of mm. and I don't want to fall short of that goal. And I'm also scared of how much I know it's going to hurt if I do what I'm capable of. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting that like sort of that, that dynamic of like, you want to get into this race and run it cause it call, you know, it speaks to you. It's in terrain that you like, but it's also like the longer you wait to get to it, kind of the better the athlete you become, right? There's a, a dichotomy there. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is correct. I would have preferred to have gotten in this four or five years ago. And I've had a lot of time since December or January when they did the drawing to really reflect on that and think about that. Because like many people for years, I was really frustrated and, and felt like I was never going to get in 
to the point that I stopped watching the lottery and had no idea <laughs> that I got in until my phone just kept getting text messages. And um, I, I feel like this is this is the right time and I am in incredible shape. And there's even there's even like this luck factor that I've, I've dealt with some very difficult injuries uh, mm-hmm. in the past few years. And with the help of some incredible sponsors, I am finally kind of out of the woods on that. That's awesome which it kind of would have been a bummer to get into the race not 100% because obviously I would have ran it, but I wouldn't have been able to show not only myself, but like for me it is showing people what I'm capable yeah. of. And yeah. um, I feel like now I have an opportunity to really do that and do that on healthy healthy feet mainly yeah. <laughs> and then the rest of my body as well. Um, yeah, so you are a local. Like you live down the street from the starting line. Um I guess one would think that that's usually like a benefit to a race like this where course specificity and altitude acclimation are important things, but um, it's kind of an unusual winter and then spring and that a lot of the trails are only recently truly accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of prefer the big winters. Because mm-hmm. um, you also ski. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was a really fun winter. Um, and I think for me, sorry, you snowboard. That was like I ski uphill. <laughs> I ski Major uphill. faux pas. <laughs> it's okay. Ah! <laughs> I ski uphill and snowboard down. Thank you. Um, so it's okay. I do. I kind of do both. Um, you know, I, I for me the winter allows me to not only recover but enjoy what I do in the summer. I've I've been ultra running just long enough now that I've watched generations of runners come and go, mm-hmm. which is really crazy to think about. Um, and the big winter rolling over into the spring, I think what a lot of people don't realize is if you, if you're good at the aspect game and you know the area, well, you can do a lot of running. And honestly, we had such a big winter that the snowpack, once it went isothermic, like everything was really hard pack and you could even get out and run North through East aspects and like run pretty fast. Um, we're in an interesting spot now where like the snow is rotting. So, you know, when you don't have this six foot base anymore, there's punching through and a little bit of nastiness, but it's, it's been a fun year to train for this. And I actually would hope that we get big winters from here on out because I think the running is much more characteristic of, of big mountain adventures and running. And I think all the entrants that got in this year, get the get the real genuine experience of what it's like to run in the San Juans. Yeah, like true, uh, like natural course conditions or natural mountain conditions for this time of year. Absolutely, yeah. I don't think it's going to be perfect like in 2021 where like everything was like tacky and fast, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, We spoke about this the other day. I think while there is a fair amount of snow and perhaps the course might run a little slower than normal, I don't think it'll be drastic. I think like if we all would have talked a couple of weeks ago, we would have said, oh, well, the snow is going to be pretty difficult. But now we've had a warm spell. The monsoons haven't started. It's been really windy and the snow is just moving away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if monsoon season starts, it's going to be so (laughs) messy because the the upper layer of the snow where it is semi-hard pack is just going to be so soft and disgusting. That's a really good point. (laughs) Um, So... I mean, you know, conditions are conditions. Like I've always said, everyone's going to deal with the same thing. Kind of. Um, so 
I, I'm I'm good with whatever the conditions are. But I will say, if it rains, it's gonna be it's gonna be really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the Durango weather guy, who's sort of our local forecaster, is saying the monsoons are gonna hold off, but then there's these weird clouds that are starting today. So who knows? I could use the weird clouds because right now they're showing race day to be the hottest day of the year. Yeah. Um, and you know heat heat is something I, I can I can manage it. I'd prefer not to be in the heat. I think if there's anything that some of my competitors have on me, it's heat mm. training because I've been in Silverton yeah. for the last for like, where it hasn't been like this. Yeah, yeah, it's been nice and cold, and like I've been making it a point to just like I I, I call it the callousing of my mm. my mind and body, and I've been making it a point to go run in rain and hail and be as cold as possible. <laughs> and now it's gonna be the hottest day of the year. Am I forgot about heat. <laughs> yeah, my thought process was like, oh man, if you can handle this stuff, like the night running, when people have to kind of deal with the jackets and gloves, like I feel like I wanted to be comfortable at night when it was it. super cold and just be able to move efficiently and not have to mess around and just be comfortable with like. When you're going up over um, Grant Swap towards the end of the race, and it's likely going to be, looks like right now, like 38 to 40 degrees, which is going to be still hot for me. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so and we'll, that's Fahrenheit, not Celsius, right? Now. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. 38 <laughs> to 40 degrees Fahrenheit for sure. Um, yeah, but I mean, regardless, I'm I'm really excited. Now, when I think of like. A person like you, Avery Collins at Hard Rock, you've lived here, so you're as acclimated as you can get. You're a very talented mountain runner. You're coming into the race with now a decade of mountain running experience. Like, your absolute potential at this race is really, really high compared to, say, like, a runnable low-altitude 100-miler type thing. Um, Knowing that and, like, knowing the experience that you bring to this race, do you care to talk a little about, like, how you're going to race? Are you, yeah, like... Any strategy type thoughts? Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like I have to be patient because <laughs> when you wor- wait so long to get into the race, <laughs> it's not like a race that you can get in easily and it's like, oh, I'm going to find out, like, can I push really hard from start to finish? And if I blow up, no big deal. I'll come back next year. Mm. That is not something that really comes with hard rock. So I feel like for me, at least I need to go into it relatively smart and patient. Um, I'll say that I don't really want to, I don't want to lead the race from the start and I doubt I will. Um, I, I tend to know how the Europeans race and I tend to let them race the way they race. We might see some French people leading the race. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. There's a high likelihood that, um, Americans won't be leading for the first however many miles, but I'm hoping the Americans take over late in the race. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And, you know, I just want to feel out what everybody's wanting to do that day. And uh, not that I don't intend on perhaps running in the, in the lead pack, but if it feels like, oh, this is going to cost me by the time I get to Animus Forks, then I'm going to hold off because really, really from the top of Handys to Kroger, which is, lots of miles <laughs> over 20 25 yeah. i'm not sure exactly the mileage it's a lot of really good running and mm. honestly for around here relatively easy running um between downhill off handies and then engineer which is nothing but road yeah. and relatively gradual road bear creek is not a highly technical trail and it's a ton of of low grade downhill into uray um 
yeah, so I feel like if if you can save yourself some of those mid miles, even into later miles, mm-hmm. um, there's time to be had there. The miles might pass a little bit quicker later on. Yeah, hopefully, um, and and that would be the goal. I just don't want to get to where I know I can actually run, run, and not have that ability to to turn it on. Do you think since heat is becoming a factor, like? This is probably the thing we're going to be talking about after race day. Um, A lot of people are thinking, is it, you know, when the sun's out at high altitude, the heat is going to feel the worst? Or is it when you're down at the lower altitudes around you, Ray, where the heat is going to feel the worst? As a local, where is the the heat going to be like the game day changer? I think, it. you know, I'm going to need to be more conscious of it down in you, Ray. I totally understand for... For anyone coming from lower altitudes, the sun exposure up high can it it can also be costly. I, you know, I spent the last however many months up high, and I feel like I've perfectly crusted my skin to be ready for the high. Calloused for the high altitude. <laughs> yeah, to be ready for all the sun exposure. Um, so that's that's I don't think that'll be very problematic. Um, and even like the hydrating part. A large majority of my calories anymore are coming from my water bottles, so I kind of have to drink. Okay. Um, so I would say Uray is probably going to be the spot where I need to be really smart, and I wouldn't be surprised if when we run by the Uncompadre, if I just take a quick dunk and, and then get out of there. And the one once a lifetime exposure to the Uncompadre River. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I feel like once you leave Uray, Camp Bird. I'm trying to think where the sun's going to be. Yeah, like is it going to be shaded? <laughs> there's a decent chance I think it'll be shaded yeah. through there, um, hopefully. I mean, if, if it's not, then I guess that means I'm kind of running kind of fast because if the sun's still hitting me, then I'm kind of getting through the course quickly. So, yeah, yeah. so there'd be uh, goods and bads to there being sun yeah. exposure for Camp Bird for you. 100%, yeah. Okay, last question for you. You're a longtime local of Silverton now. You've seen all the nooks and crannies of the San Juan Mountains. There is about to be a, you know, a passel of people descending upon this place for the first time. What do you want to tell those people about like the experience to have in, in this place this week? That's a good question. Um, well, the first thing I would suggest is never stop eating and drinking because um, it's, it's pretty likely that a lot of people, you will feel good through the first 20, 30, 40, maybe even 50 miles. Mm. But the moment you slip up is it's when you when you dig a hole when you're running at an average of what is it, I think 11 or 11.5. It's really 3, hard. 3,000 meters or yeah, yeah, insane. It's yeah, it's 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 really hard to climb out of that hole. So if you really want to enjoy your experience, I think it's important that you you stay on top of your nutrition and it's probably too late for to, to say this but I would say don't come visit and run a, a ton every single day I won't name any names but I think some people have already made that mistake so they're enjoying themselves which is all that matters um, I mean, vacation before their race vacation yeah yeah I have the advantage of I don't need to like check everything out I did that when when it made um sense in the biggest yeah, part of my yeah. training block so now I'm doing a lot of nothing there's a little bit of FOMO because I see a bunch of people going out and having fun and I could go too <laughs> but I'm I'm saving all my fun for uh for race day it's awesome Avery Collins best of luck to you in your first hard rock 100 endurance run and it's going to be fun to chase you around the mountains this weekend awesome thank you yeah I, I hope 
the hope you're chasing and <laughs> not waiting. <laughs> uh, I hope I hope we like to chase, but maybe like maybe don't run sub twenty, or it makes it really hard to chase you guys. Ooh, oh my gosh, sub twenty, that'd be so cool. <laughs> All right. Best of luck. <laughs> Thank you.